Good morning, my little anklets. It's now Monday morning, and another week of work stretches ahead of us. Today, I'm hoping it's going to be a quiet one. My client gets back tomorrow uh, from holiday, so today is going to be clearing up quite a few things. Um, but essentially, it's going to be a day of working at my desk. I've had a bit of a strange weekend. Um, on Saturday, I helped my friend paint her front door. Not something I normally do, but it was quite good to help a friend out. She's recently had a burglary, so things were a little bit topsy-turvy in her place. And she needed help, and she chose a very, very bright colour. A bright lemon yellow, uh, which was quite difficult to paint. Took quite a few coats, as you can imagine, lots of sanding. Lots of leaving things to dry and then carrying on with the rest. But all was good and it looks fabulous. So that's great. So I'm glad I helped her out. But it was another sort of day of sort of hard physical work. So rather than me resting, it was working. But that's fine. Good to do things for friends. So yesterday was very quiet indeed, which uh, was actually just nice to do. Bit of peace and quiet. Um, just managed to relax at home get a few things done, a bit of reading, a bit of video watching, great stuff. So without further ado, let's get on with the week. Good afternoon, my little anklets. I've come out for a quick breather at my desk all day today. Lots of emails done, lots of clearing up, lots of quotes coming in, which is great. And I can finally get some invoicing done and move along my projects. Sometimes it can take a while for clients to I think you always have the, the headspace to actually be dealing with certain stuff, especially if you've got a couple, they need to be able to be in the same room um, to discuss certain things. Not everybody wants to discuss furniture, fittings and colours together. It can actually be like a domino effect. You think that nothing is going to move and then basically they make a decision on one thing and they're off and running, which is great to see because there's nothing worse than just sort of stagnating and thinking you're getting nowhere and projects aren't moving. You can email, you can call, you can text as much as you want, but if someone doesn't want to make that decision, they won't, and you'll just have to wait. Sad fact of life. I guess this is the same thing for everybody. But it's a very nice, warm, sunny day here in London. The trees are green, although there's a few, few leaves dropping the early onset of autumn. I've actually seen quite a few butterflies. I'm very impressed. There was a time when uh, butterflies were few and far between, but I've seen quite a few this year. Very encouraging. Good afternoon, my little anklets. Um, I've just seen something which has come up on the news, not the other sort of stuff that's been around on the news recently. This is actually something which is uh, very much to do with London and bridges and transport and infrastructure. We had a project here that was going to go ahead, uh, which is or was called the Garden Bridge. And it's just been announced that the company that sort of was behind it and spearheading it has just sort of, as it were, closed closed its books. And so the Garden Bridge or the um, the idea of it is no more. And I think I just wanted to sort of really sort of put it on record and see what other people thought about this kind of thing. The problem with it was, I think, that it had its, it's had its detractors and it had its champions, this particular garden bridge. And it was a bridge that was going to be situated in the centre of London and 
it had all manner of trees and you know sort of wildlife and plants and everything else and it was all going to be this sort of um, utopian wonderful bridge that everyone could go and sit on and enjoy you know the River Thames and wouldn't it all be wonderful this sort of oasis of, of, of green living but actually when you looked at it it was first and foremost in the wrong place and I spoke to a number of people that worked on the river and they had said to me do you realize what the, the environmental damage and I said explain to me more because I have no knowledge of this and they spoke about you obviously you just don't put up pillars in the middle of a river um, and on either side and expect nothing to change things do change currents change wildlife changes and it will have an effect both up and downstream so they said it was in the wrong place um, but they weren't averse to a bridge going up so I said where would it be? And I think they came out with, I think someone said Nine Elms it should be, which is obviously quite a way away, uh, but I won't bore you with that now. But the main problem that came along with this garden bridge was they didn't really tell us too much about how it was going to be run. And it transpired that it would be, because it would be privately funded, that in order to recoup costs from this, they would be renting out this garden bridge to corporate companies and other organizations. And when that took effect, effectively the bridge would be closed down and no pedestrians would be able to cross it. It also, um, additionally to this, it would be closed sort of overnight. Therefore, if you were coming back and you wanted to go across um, the river, you'd have to find another point because they'd, they'd close it down for security. So it struck me that this bridge, whereas it was, I said, build as some sort of utopian kind of um, infrastructure um, idea and it looked fabulous I mean you had to see it to sort of believe it you can look online of what it would look like there was this aerial view and it was all sort of you know the mist was rising and blue skies and didn't it look all terribly romantic but when it came down to it it actually was I won't say a folly but it was almost perhaps the right idea in the wrong place and it would have been managed in the wrong way. I don't subscribe to the thing that it was a vanity project for different, you know, different politics and politicians and mayors and non-mayors. Um, I'm not interested in that. I really see it as, is it good? Can the public use it? Is it going to be publicly financed, which it was? The public can only use it a bit of the time. It was in the wrong place. It wasn't needed. And it was really going to be substituted quite heavily by uh, commercial enterprises who would then be stopping the general public from using it and that I had a problem with. So I would like to say that I'm quite pleased that it has gone the way of the dodo and will be no more. I'm quite sure someone will resurrect it at some point but there have been plenty of uh, things that have going to be built in London and never saw the light of day and I've got a feeling that this was one of them. Good evening, my little anklets. Well, it is now evening. It's almost half past six here in London. The sun has disappeared. It's cloudy, but it's dry, which is uh, a blessing. I've done a huge amount of work for the Reading job, which is great. I've got lots of stuff done, and I expect a barrage of emails to come in overnight, hopefully with all sorts of decisions made. How exciting. Tomorrow's a little bit up in the air. Um, the Chelsea job clients should be back so I should be seeing them but I don't know what time it's um, a little bit difficult at the moment but we'll I'm sure get through it so I'm looking forward to a quiet evening ahead if that's humanly possible 
Hi Belinda, thanks so much for broadcasting my call in. I'm going, I'm in the process now of re-recording my response because <laughs> 60 seconds wasn't enough so uh, I, I need to truncate what I was about to say. So yeah, I, I resonate with everything that you say there. What got me thinking about it was my own two children, one of whom's only 12 and she came to me a year ago and said, Mum, Mum, I don't know what I want to be when I leave school. I don't you know, it's almost like it was a disaster. So God knows what messages they're getting told in school. But my response to her was this. Look, love, you don't need to worry about what you're going to be when you leave school because the job you end up doing hasn't even been invented yet. I mean, who five years ago would know that there'd be companies out there whose business model was entirely based on managing people's social media, managing their Twitter profile, managing their Facebook profile, doing their Instagram posts and all that kind of thing. The opportunities are endless. Hey, Diane. Sorry, I didn't have a chance to actually get to these call-ins um, up until now, so I'm just putting them onto the station now. You're absolutely right. I think it's fabulous that you said to your daughter, don't even worry about it, because frankly, you're going to be a job that nobody knows about. Um, and that's true, isn't it? I mean, you're right. No one knew about sort of social media or anything else. One of the biggest things that I've realised over the years and working with so many sort of, um, sort of top-level people is that they start off by getting a good education and do a particular degree and they end up doing a job which has got nothing to do with that degree at all unless as we've discussed before they're sort of doctors lawyers that type of thing so that's really quite interesting i know somebody who um started off doing a geography degree and went you know and did that you know brilliantly well and phds and everything else and then they're sort of um you know sort of head of a bank it's bizarre isn't it but it's just one of those things i think it's um I think it's great, but it's also quite, it's great that what you're saying, but it's also quite puzzling about what they're saying in schools today. So it'd be interesting to hear if anybody does know what um, children are, are told in in schools today as far as careers advice, what it entails. Um, I would love to know because um, I don't know enough about it and I'd quite like to. I think your advice to the sports person was spot on, you know. They have to know what their contracts are going to involve. They have to know whether they're going to get ripped off by an agent. They have to know whether the agent's got their best interests at heart or their own. They have to know what they're going to do after their 15-year sports career ends. They have to know what the long-term plan is because, you know, life is long, hopefully. And, um, you know, a 15, what, tops 20-year sports career is 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 only the beginning, not the end. And on the, um, on the entrepreneurship generally... And I mean, I, I own my own business as well. I'm a podiatrist in in uh, with, with a, a, a podiatry practice, and and like you, you know, I had to discover that that's what I wanted to do for myself, and I found it very empowering. But it, as you say, it's not for everyone, and you have to know what your own strengths are so that you can go deep into that. I'd say so. Yeah, good advice. Yes, Diane, you're quite right. I think that's that's it, isn't it? I mean, I couldn't help it with this, when the sports guy was going to, you know, when he said he was going to go into it. And if you have a vocation like that, you know, he was a, you know, basketball guy, you know, you just think that's fabulous. But you're right, you do need to know. I always wonder what people sort of like David Beckham, how they sort of manage. But of course, going in so young to somewhere like Manchester United, you're going to have all those sort of people around you. And that's just it. I remember having an argument with a friend of mine. I'm saying, actually, David Beckham, you know, he's he's obviously been quite smart. And she was you know, outraged by this whole thing and said, well, how can you call David Beckham intelligent? And I said, no, 
He may not be intelligent, he may not be intellectual, but he's smart enough to put the right people around him. And from that, you need to have a little bit of, just a little bit of business savvy and a little bit of intuition about who you're dealing with and uh, get people on board who have a good track record. But I don't think this is something which is not taught, and I don't know where it's taught. And it's sure as hell, as far as I'm aware, not even taught in universities either. Um, I, don't, I, I mean, what happens if people get, you know, go and do subjects such as, I don't know, a business course or business management, or do they get told of these things? I mean, it's, I don't even know what's taught and what. I'd love to know what the syllabus is, because um, I, I wonder how it relates to the, to, the, uh, to the world as it is. But I'm glad, Diane, that you found your way, just like I did mine. I just wish I'd started sooner. And that's the trick, which is why I am really quite passionate, along with my other stuff on design, I'm really quite passionate about careers advice for uh, the youngsters, for children, because you need to start early, and you should start early, and everyone has these gifts, and everyone has talents, and it's it's really about knowing thine self, um, and you did, I mean, you, you have a thriving practice, this is great, this is how it's supposed to be, but it could be anything, that's... That's the trick, isn't it? But people need to know that there are all these jobs out there. Maybe I should. Maybe I should start a. Um, maybe I should start a pod, a podcast, a careers podcast for the the youth, the youth of today. I don't think they'd listen. They'd all be sort of like, I'm too busy on social media. You'd have to put it somewhere, really, wouldn't you? You'd have to really sort of market it to people um, who actually have the the eyes of the youth of today. I don't know whether they'd be bothered. Hmm. We'll see. But yeah, gardeners, gardeners are next. Oh, and don't even get me started on the careers uh, advice in schools. Uh, I responded to a Twitter invite to my local high school to go and speak to the year 10s about podiatry because it's only a very small profession and we really need to attract more people into it because the number of people with diabetes and the potential complications that go with that that are going to be in the population in the future are going to need our specialist care so we need to attract more people into it so I went into my local high school to give a speech about that or interact with the pupils I should say but I've offered those services out to other schools and to be honest with you the response has been tumbleweed so yeah I, I think that we you know, people like you and I need to grasp the nettle, put the messages out there about the various occupations, professions, things that people can be doing, those skills that are going to be in demand in the future. You know, gardeners are always going to be needed, aren't they? Let's face it. Yes, and they are. Um, I could always do with a gardener, as it were. No, you're quite right. I think they are. There's, it's like hairdressing, isn't it? There's always going to be hair. It's, I guess it's just one of those things. I think what you've done by going into schools is a really good thing. And I've done this, I said, as you know, I've done this myself, but there's not enough of it. And I do wonder whether people sort of just think that jobs in some ways, um, it can be quite fusing. I mean, you almost need one of those, well, in my day, they used to be called organograms. You know, they're almost like the, the sort of the plan. Um, it's almost like a company plan of where people sit because you wouldn't necessarily know. You need to have someone standing up in front of them saying, this is my job and here I am on the sort of hierarchy. Here I am um, in the company so you can see where I am and who I report into and you can get an idea from that of how important somebody would be, who they have to report to, who they work with and then you get a flavour of their idea. I mean, it's it would be you'd have to do it quite carefully, I think, it, if you were really going to sort of... Um, really think about it and put it out to children and, and schools but it doesn't surprise me that schools you know kind of didn't want to hear from you I think they're all too 
you know, sort of, you know, it's sort of blinkered kind of view, really. They just, they don't look sort of left or right. They don't think, I, I hate the words outside the box, but you know what I mean. Um, and, and you're spot on, because I wouldn't even have thought about the sort of the diabetes stuff and where the jobs are going to be heading. I know that there's, when I look at the trends, as I, as I often do, as I love to do, you can see where different jobs are going and you can see where different industries are going. And certainly, you know, health is going to be one of the, you know, the biggest one of the growth factors going mental health sitting alongside it which is obviously going to lead to meditation and all that kind of stuff so there's going to be a huge influx of all of that sort of coming in but you know podiatry is, is one of those things that everyone you know you need to know about but it's just overlooked it's just overlooked like so many other things like so many uh, you know where do you get where you know where do you even study for these jobs where does anyone learn about them where do you find out about them unless you know somebody who does that job and you can ask them that's the trick but I remember when I did my stuff at this school and I went in and I spoke to different groups of students and they had like this formulaic, this sheet of paper and th th this question that they had to ask. And I, and I just said, scrap that. I said, talk to me about what you want to do, what you like and what you don't. And I just fired stuff at them. And it was far more engaging than here is another person, here is another adult, and I'm going to ask them the same questions and write it down. They, it was almost like they were sheep. They couldn't think for themselves. And you needed more of a dialogue or conversation. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop wittering at you now, Diane. Sorry about this. And sorry for being so late. Uh, what, a, what a fab group of call-ins. Um, but we'll speak soon. I'm absolutely loving your ideas on those interview questions as well, Belinda, I have to say. You know, what do you do in the morning? What time do you leave? What time do you get up? What does your day consist of? The question on do you take work home? Wow, boom. How many people do that? That is just fascinating. I, I'm very likely to pinch a load of those ideas and go and deploy them amongst some of my colleagues just to be interested to see what some of their answers would be. I hope that's okay and you don't mind me plagiarising that too much. Um, I really appreciate your ideas, so thanks a lot. Bye for now. God, yes, Diane, take them. Take them and use them immediately. Um, I think that's, that's just it, isn't it? They're, those are the questions you kind of want to know. It's, you know, just the meat and potatoes, thank you very much. Let's just... You know, really drill down to the job of you know, you know, what is it is you do because then you people are just going to you know spurt nonsense and jargon at you. I'd want to know if I wanted about someone else's job, what time do you get up? You know, and it's not about your morning commute. I want to know what time you need you're needed in at work. Are you bo you know are you going to be bothered by people? Are you able to sit there with your headphones in and and do your own stuff? Is it mainly desk based? Are you out on the road? You know, do you get time for lunch? Do you, you know, do you have, can you eat lunch at your desk? What type of environment is it? All of this sort of stuff needs to be, I think, sort of, you know, told to people when you're doing a job. And I know that, um, that, you know, children are going to, it's all going to change and everything has changed. But back in the day, I would have been asking, is there a dress code? Can I see where I, I'm going to be working? I, w I just want to envisage it. I want to visualize it. That's what I used to ask when I used to go to um, interviews back in the day, many, many moons ago. I really wanted to know, you know, was it social? Who am I going to be working with? How large is the team? I did ask about dress codes. You know, was it quite casual or, you know, did I need to be suited and booted, etc., etc. All those sorts of things, I think, um, add up. How much time do you get off? You know, what time do, what pe what do people do social? Do they go out on a Thursday and Friday or do they, does everyone just go home and not speak to one another? And the bit about taking work home, well, we've all 
we, I won't say we've all done it. I actually work from home, so, I, so I've, I've done the ultimate, like most people have who uh, work from home. It, it, is, it is at home, and it's fine, and it's the way I prefer it. But that's just how it's been now. And whatever happened to that old idea of uh, sort of going into sort of co-working office? I mean, there's, I keep seeing this every so often on social media. I've started a new co-working space and all this kind of stuff. Does, do these things actually work? Are they just not some sort of place where people just sort of go to hang out and not do any work at all? That's probably what would end up me being. I guess it's like Starbucks. But then Starbucks did market itself um, to, to be that sort of not quite work, but not quite home. And they was quite clever about doing that. But that's how they marketed themselves. They didn't market themselves on coffee. Coffee was the product that they sold their idea of being the place to go. Interesting, isn't it? It's a whole, it's a whole thing on that. Oh, Diane, we could speak for hours, and we probably should. Let's hook up at some point. It'd be quite interesting to exchange stories. Hi, Miss Belinda. How are you today? How are you feeling? Um, yeah, thanks for, you know, giving us or giving me access to be able to see where you live, how you live, and and uh, see. I saw many, many pictures of you. I saw lots of designs, lots of color, lots of beautiful, just fabulous things and I loved it I really did I was intrigued and uh, you know I have a thing about voices so and I love your voice your voice is amazing so thank you and uh, you know I look forward to being anchor uh, friends with you for the longest time for a long long time okay thanks Jesse sorry it's taking me so long to reply back been a bit of a busy bee over here in London, which isn't surprising really, isn't it? Now, on and off, I've been thinking about live streaming, um, live streaming for my business. I've been listening to a few people on here talking about live streaming, and it's actually really interesting because I've not done it yet, but I'd quite like to do it. Um, I think it would be an extension of almost what I'd be doing here on Anchor. I'm not sure quite how I would do it, probably Facebook Live, and I'd probably have to do it through my business page. I don't even know whether you can do it from my business page. I certainly wouldn't want to subject all my friends to it um, because most of them have lives and things to do. But anybody that would be interested in um, my nonsense um, is very welcome to do it. But I'm not quite sure what platform to do it on. Now, I know that there was Periscope. I've not tried to do anything with it, but I have looked at other people's stuff on Periscope. Um, and I've looked at a few people's stuff on Facebook Live, and I presume that's the obvious way to do it. But of course, there are other platforms, are there not? Or you tech people out there? So I like live streaming, and I absolutely love Periscope. Um, the reason I love it is because to me it's fantastic. I mean, you know, you've got this device, and then you can just tune in to anywhere. You know, especially if somebody's like walking down the road in New York, and then you can talk to them, somebody you don't even know. It, I, it's amazing, and I've made some real good connections. In fact, I have a client in New York, and she is now also my graphic designer. She's doing all my graphic design work, and I'm personal training her over FaceTime and um, over the internet, um, I'm managing her diet and everything. So we connected through Periscope and Busker is pretty similar to Periscope, but it's a much smaller community. Um. And therein lies, the, I think, the benefit of it, being able 
as Marx just said, to tune into anybody all over the world and to make connections, yes, and obviously there's business connections to be made, I understand that, but I think like Mark, I'm sort of fascinated by the fact that you can actually meet someone over, you know, across the world and learn about their life and learn where they are um, and see where they are. And I guess live does that in the way that Anchor does it in an audio version. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, but I'd never heard about Busker and I saw that Mark was on it and I thought, what the hell is Busker? Um, and so I asked him and obviously because Mark is so good and so such a gentleman, he told me all about it. So the other day I went on, I tried out, I did my live periscope and then I went and I tried Facebook. I don't really do much on my own Facebook page. So I went and I thought, let me start working, doing more on my, because what I found is the more I put out on Instagram and uh, Periscope and other platforms, people do come and check out your Facebook page. And so I thought, you know, I've got to start posting there. So I went live there and that was interesting because even old school friends were coming up and all sorts of people. But, um, Somebody said to me, hey, you know, I'll be live soon on Busker and I have the app. So I went in and I did the same broadcast, but again on Busker. And apparently on Busker, you know, it's like I said, a very small community um, of live streamers, but you don't get any many trolls. And because it's a small community, everybody's really supportive, a bit like here uh, on uh, on Anchor. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Do you like do you live stream at all? Hey Mark, so no, I've not live streamed yet. As I said, I've had a bit of a look through onto Periscope. Um, I think when it first came out, or rather when I first realised it had come out. Um, and it looked really interesting, but I just didn't know quite what to do with it. I think I had a go, I think what I, if I remember rightly, I had a go when I was walking around, I was, I was actually walking around an antique um an antique and collectibles um, show in London. We have them quite regularly and I get invites that come through all the time. So I go and see them sometimes for clients and just to see what's out there and what's happening with prices and trends and all that type of thing. And I went around and I sort of did this sort of little show round, but it was sort of half-hearted. It certainly wasn't me talking to camera or anything like that. Um, and I wonder, I do wonder whether I sort of like should. I mean, the worrying thing about it is I've, I'm quite a curious cat, so I think I might well have a look at it to see um what it what you know what it would be like but if i liked it um then god help everybody because not only would you all be subjected to listening to me you'd all be subjected to seeing me i mean you know your life would be over in fact my life would be over i mean when would i sleep it's no good at all is it um but you sound as if you've got everything already checked up well mark um you've you've obviously found your spot maybe i should have a look at busker and see what it's like i'd never heard of it as soon as you said busker i thought busker I said, do I have to stay? I thought I had to stand on street corners and play a random instrument, which actually could be roughly the same. That could work. I'm sure somebody does that. Somebody does that already. So, yes, Busket is like Periscope, but a smaller community. And if you do decide to check it out, um, either one, if you if you start using Periscope or, and, or Busker, let me know. I'd love to uh, check out your broadcasts. Um, also, Snapchat is what I I use Snapchat the most, um, and I Snapchat the same way that you use Anchor, just throughout my day. I find it really easy to do, you know. So um, if you do start using Snapchat, do 
come and follow me is Mark R Fitness. It'll be interesting as well to see your um, your snaps, your snap story. You know. Ah oh, man, but like I like I said, it's it's difficult, right? You do anchor so well, and I think it would be difficult for you to do two. Use two uh, that are very similar, Snapchat and Anchor, in a way. Oh God, Mark, you're absolutely right. Could you imagine it? I mean, that's it. I'll just do everything. I might as well just give up my job. You know, I won't do any job. I don't need to eat. I don't need to sleep. Not at all. I'll just go on all these platforms. Um, funnily enough, see, now I am on Snapchat. I don't do anything on Snapchat. I just have a presence, as it were. Um, like, you know, I don't know, like the force. I'm just there, but I don't do anything. Um, in fact, actually, no, I'm not like the force because nobody actually, um, nobody actually knows I'm there. They might know I exist, but they don't actually, they don't actually feel my presence. I can't believe I'm saying this. Anyway, look, Mark, I suppose I'm, I have actually, I think, tagged you on Snapchat because I had a look ages and ages ago when we first connected here on Anchor, but I need to see whether you're you know what you're doing i should really do more on snapchat i must admit i'll be honest i can't quite get my head around it and it's not to do with a it's for only 14 year olds it's not that type of thing i understand that it's important and it's still growing and you know and i don't know gary v championships and you know champions it and all that kind of stuff i get it but i wouldn't know what to do with it and i'm slightly disturbed that i don't even do this you know i can't even get my act together on instagram let alone doing snapchat and then there's that whole thing between instagram stories um and what is it and snap stories so i don't know i don't know whether but that's the other thing and that's the other thing about snapchat because it's true isn't it because you can't you can't be sort of randomly found on snapchat you just need to sort of say hi i'm there and people have got to go in and put in sort of the code or something whatever they've got to do to find you you can't do a search um and I wouldn't even know where to look on statistics. I don't even know how, where to find my anchor statistics. I need to speak to Dr. Avi. I need to speak to a lot of people. I need a doctor in general. I'm probably delirious. Anyway, Mark, I'll stop waffling at you now. Um, yeah, okay. There's lots of things I need to do. But I'll definitely come over and maybe and sort of like touch base with you over on Snapchat to see, what the, see, see if I can get proficient at it. Because I think it's going to take some time. Oh, dear. Mark, on daily schedules, I don't think I ever really get them done. And I've actually stopped doing schedules now. I think there comes a time when you sort of just have to say it's not working for the moment. I can't dedicate my brain to it. And so you end up doing something else. Is it because you've got too much going on? Is it because you've got, I could say too many clients. I know what that's like. Um, I wonder what it is, why you're not getting your stuff done being pulled in too many directions mm. could it be the weather yes quite possibly do you need a holiday that's probably a classic isn't it that's what tends to happen with me my sort of brain breaks down I need a bit of a break you're probably the same actually having to deal with clients problems and issues the same as I am that's probably it I think that's it Mark I think I think you've hit the nail on the head I think the problem is either we put too much into our schedules try and do so much and then never make it or we think no let's be sensible and then we don't put that much in so you end up floundering around and thinking you've got more time than you actually have and then you get frustrated because you haven't done what you wanted to do or you're not where you wanted to get to very annoying quite understandable i do it all the time 
Good evening, my little anchor buddies. It is now coming out to 11pm here in London. Quite a clear night, but not too cold, thank goodness. I'm just relaxing at home. I think I've got a very varied day tomorrow. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing. A little bit topsy-turvy. There are no times or anything in the diary, but I know I've got to uh, pop in to the Chelsea job to see what everybody's doing. Um, so I'm getting, I don't want to get a little behind with my paperwork, so I've got some things to do there. And I'm sure there'll be some emails that'll come in overnight. So I'm sure it'll be a busy day to clear things off. But for now, I'm going to sign off and wish you all a very peaceful evening.